Steve, and joining me today, Adam Myros. Hello, Steve. Myros, did you see uh, 80 for Brady Torrent just leaked? Uh, you, you know, I tend to procure things legally, Steve. I don't know about these <laughs> illegal streams yeah. you're finding. It's just not for me. Sorry. I mean, it hasn't, it hasn't hit Tubi yet, so that's, that's kind of my problem I'm running into, but whatever. Uh, also joining us, Jack Eason. It's it's good to be back. Uh, had a little little break to have a terrible time getting my whole house smashed up and then rebuilt, but it's it's mostly together then. Yeah. So you know that that's nice. I will say I think eighty like eighty for life. Brady. Yeah, yeah, but I feel eighty for Brady. Uh, probably maybe the like film least affected by piracy possibly ever. I mean, I think they should make more movies just expressly for old people because. <laughs> I'm not sure they yeah. they would ever do it. Like they're just gonna show up to the cinema, or they're gonna catch it on TV. There's no in between. Yeah, absolutely not. I don't it's, know. It's I don't. I think Eighty for Brady's in a bit of a unique spot, though. It, it, again, I I just take uh, what I hear from from the kids and in, in my college program. But it feels like it has somehow broken into like the the meme movie category. Like people are like fake excited to see Eighty for Brady. Uh, I don't. Well, it's fake really too know. late. It's not in theaters anymore. What the fuck are they gonna do? <laughs> well, they, they they had their chance. They bought their ticket. It had some meme traffic for whatever reason. There's no I, way wow. a bunch of fucking youths showed up to that movie to fucking pretend to be excited about. It. Everyone hates Tom Brady anyway, unless they're actually a fan of the team. Like that's one of the well, only things yeah. I know about American. Football. I do attend the University of Michigan, Jack. So that there might be a, a doesn't he play? Didn't he play for the Tom Brady? Yeah. Didn't he play yeah. for the New England Patriots for years? I mean, I don't know. Did he play in Michigan for a while? Is he from Michigan? He, he did attend. He did attend U of M. Yeah. Oh, I had no idea. Yeah. Well, okay. Okay, so maybe yeah, okay, you got an odd sample set there, maybe. It could be, yeah, but so, it, it felt like it was being talked about in the same breath that has now been usurped by uh the cocaine bear, uh neither of which oh, I, I could possibly have any interest in ever seeing. Whatever you know, happened hmm. I mean in the seventies they just made a killer bear movie and it was just like it didn't have to have a hook at all. It was just like the bear is big and scary and now it's like, Oh, it's a big old thing, a bear on cocaine and it's what yeah. happened? What went, what went so wrong? I, I don't know. And and when they finally finished Grizzly 2, the sequel to 1977's, I believe, 78's Grizzly, uh, where was everybody lining up to see Grizzly 2? They weren't there. No, you gotta have a cocaine bear now. Come on. Come on. Respect the state of affairs. Who are we to talk? We're, we're just old, and that's that's the long and short of it. That's we were, we were in to. the theater when Snakes on a Plane hit. It, it, I, yeah, we I'm were no there. better than these kids. I'm just older. <laughs> yeah, older okay, you, and you raise that's a the fair thing, point like, with Snakes on a Plane. But, but Snakes on a Plane is like the proto-Reddit movie, right? Like, that that it, it wasn't the it didn't invent this concept of the of the meme movie but it, it sort of like laid the groundwork for it it was the first so, movie i recall that got like pulled back in to be changed to match online reaction or to meet online reaction because mm -hmm. originally it was going to be like a pg-13 movie and then that snakes in a motherfucking plane line went viral on the internet and that had to get an r rating and they had to like phone up samuel l jackson to come back in to deliver that line <laughs> yep exactly and uh yeah not not good not fun not anything and largely forgotten except for 
you know what i'm gonna go out on a limb and guess that that honestly maybe this is the next podcast we do like let's compare whenever cocaine bear hits at the torrent sites because i mean i'm sure shit not showing Mm -hmm. up in cinema to see it compare to snakes on a plane let's double build those i have a feeling that snakes on a plane is probably going to be better not probably going to be better well yeah we'll just just have a feeling we'll just do an episode on reddit movies (laughs) the reddit film canon (laughs) jesus I mean, look, what, oh, what are we talking about nightmare. today? Are we doing any better? Is this, was this a better idea? Well, it's your idea. I know, I didn't yeah. know at the well, time, though. <laughs> Jesus, what well, always yeah, happens? You thought the fucking lawnmower man was going to be some buried classic? I, I thought the first one could be interesting. I'd never seen the second one before. Where are you guys to stop me from coming up with stupid fucking ideas? Like, I'd like to, I already uh, apologized to you because I didn't know Lawnmower Man 2 is essentially a boy's own adventure movie. I, I had no idea. <laughs> I assumed it was going to be like the first one. Which is a little bit, you know, like at least got an R rating for some reason. Um, there's not even a lot of violence in it, but still, I didn't know. I didn't realize we were watching like the the Mad Max the Thunderdome version of Lawnmower Man, which is not something that should exist in mm. this world. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, you know, I thought I thought we were gonna kind of like ease back into things, but uh, you gave us a real torturous double bill. Uh, I believe but, it was an you know anniversary of the Lawnmower Man. Like, it's the 25th anniversary or 20th, 20th anniversary or something? 30th? Something like that. I don't know. Uh, it, it seems that it would be the, uh, the 31st anniversary. Ah, the 31st anniversary. <laughs> so you nailed yes. it down, you know what? If anyone should, should milestone. mark any milestone for the Lawnmower Man, the 31st seems as appropriate as any. Yeah. <laughs> Good God. Well, I, yeah, I mean, I, I guess before we discuss these movies, just real quick, Jack, fuck, Mary kill, Lily Tomlin, Jane Fonda, Sally Field. What do you got? Uh, uh aren't there, aren't there four of them? <laughs> fuck, Mary kill. I mean, obviously, oh, uh, what's, what's the fourth one? What do you do with Rita? I guess Rita Moreno, if you want to sub <laughs> yeah, her in. Right. I don't know what I, you do I with her. Know. I thought there were four ladies in the movie. Uh, I, I don't know. Jane Fonda, she's great. She's always been great. Uh, Lily Tomlin, yeah. she's, uh, you know, I do, who do you fuck? Who do you marry? I mean, it's kill mm-hmm. two of these women. Uh, well, Sally Field, no, she she did a whole thing. I guess Rita Moreno, because I don't know what she's been in. We can kill her. We're left with three. Yeah. Um, Oh, God, this is tough after that. I mean, because Jane Fonda wow. was, I mean, God, she's really, she's really the fuck and marry, uh, like, archetype. Mm-hmm. So, what do you, I mean. Let me tell you, there's only one acceptable answer, and it's, uh, Steve, you forgot Rita Moreno, and the answer is, uh, tenderly fuck all four women and then marry them in kind of like a, like a Utah Mormon type situation. Well, this is uh, just and then treat them well. Steve. You, you, well. you posit a question you can't even answer. The, the correct <laughs> answer is uh, the fuck Rita Marino, uh, marry Jane Fonda, and kill the other two. Why you gonna, holy shit, Adam's I like how you committed Tomlin. to a double kill. <laughs> yeah, why are you killing Lily Tomlin? Jesus, man. that's Because I, I, I guess I just don't want to marry or fuck her, so where do you go with that? You know? That's true. That's true. You this is, the, this I, is the treatise of the game that you've sent out. You know, we've got yeah. to follow the rules. I have a feeling like Jane Fonda though, would kill like, me. That's just what would yeah, happen. Yeah, she'd probably kill you, for sure. For sure, oh, you're dead. sure, absolutely. But you, you could have committed to a double fuck, and you committed to a double kill instead. So, <laughs> respect. That, that is <laughs> questionable. Hmm. I, I feel yeah. it's the only uh, ethical choice. You, you, you can't just... Uh, <laughs> Jesus. You, yeah. you can't just make all positive, happy choices. You, you have to make the tough calls, and you're only allowed one fuck and one marry. So, yeah. Know, the rest is Well, just... and kill is, if you think about it, it's the ultimate no-strings-attached choice. Like, there's, there's zero strings there. 
So, yeah, okay, I get it. I get it. Well, I guess we should uh, we should probably discuss the movies we came here to talk about. So, it's uh, it's Oscar Day. It's Oscar Sunday, and uh, the stars are out tonight in Tinseltown. Where's Jake? He's he's walking the red carpet right now. I'm sure. And uh, really, though, in my mind, it's a two horse race. You guys, there's there's only two films that I'm thinking about, and uh, the first has got to be The Lawnmower Man. And <laughs> Well, these are the two choices that Best Picture goes to yeah. the fucking lawnmower. I can foresee a sweep yeah. in all of the categories. <laughs> I'm, yeah, it, it's it's hard to say where this is going to go because, uh, you know, there's there's some people out there that are thinking, well, uh, maybe Fairhod Man might, might win it uh, in, in the Best Director category for Lawnmower Man 2. Certainly... Uh, Brett Leonard has has got it locked up for best picture. I feel it's just uh, it really is neck and neck in most categories. But let's just talk about the first film. The law we've really man. devolved here. We had <laughs> we stopped doing the Oscar podcast. Then we had these fun gimmick things, and we were planning one this year, and just never settled on anything. And now we're just talking about the fucking lawnmower. We can man. just do that next week. What, I mean, look, who are we really tied to anything at this point? Let's do a fucking goofy con profile next week, like nineteen seventy-two con. Probably some good movies in there. Let's do that. Mm-hmm. We can do uh, that. The time yeah. has come and gone, Jack. This is officially our Oscar spectacular. <laughs> <laughs> And it's a two-horse race. It's Lawnmower Man and Lawnmower Man 2 beyond cyberspace. And, uh, yeah, I, the Academy's really divided on both of these. Um, I'm yeah, divided I, on them because, frankly, Lawnmower Man 2 beyond cyberspace is the movie that takes place largely in cyberspace, specifically. That's what they call it. So... That's a bit I always of a thought this title. movie. I, I always knew it as Job's War. I, I wonder where the distinction. Like usually, that's like a, a foreign. Oh yeah, I've never like seen distinction Job's between War. the subtitles. But I, I always heard it called Job's War uh, here, mm-hmm. and it, but now it, it, that that subtitle's kind of like just completely gone, and it's it's beyond cyberspace. I'm, I'm guessing or, there's not like a great contingent fighting to keep you know the the narrative correct for Lawnmower Man too. I don't th- I don't think it's got a lot of people in its corner. Yeah, probably not. I am I am a, a little sad that they seem to have gone away from using Job's War as the preferred subtitle for the film because uh, I was actually going to file for preferred veteran status uh, as a survivor <laughs> of Job's War. You know, and then, then when you go to the grocery store and uh, they got the, the special spot like veterans parking, you can park there. You get to you get to get on the airplane first. I think that's super cool. Uh, even before like kids and the elderly, uh, which is sick. Yeah, but so, what if, what yeah, if Joe I, packed your airplane and made it crash oh into a no. cabin? He would never. He would never. I'm a, I'm a fucking vet. I'm on Job's side, uh, to be completely honest. <laughs> See, uh, the, yeah, the, why not? Who else is what, side what you're going to be on? Exactly. What, what's the plot of Lawnmower Man 2? It's, uh, Job is like, hey, uh, I'm going to end all human suffering. There's not going to be any more poverty or like housing issues, and we're all just going to be jacked into the internet. Uh, please follow me and and be my bro. And then you've got like fucking Irish Tommy Wiseau and his child army just trying to kill him. And I think that's fucked up. So uh, yeah, I'm a Job guy. To, yeah, to the day and, I die. and Job is burning down the the capitalist overlords who who've ruined his life, used a, a medical uh, tragedy to keep him imprisoned and indebted, mm-hmm. enslaved. You know, I think Job yeah. in both films is really the hero. 
Yeah, but we yeah, have to we is. have to count in the for in, in Lawnmower Man 2, Job is super fucking annoying. That's yeah, true. Yeah, he is pretty annoying. Yeah, he's as it, much as I like uh, Fruer, uh, this is it. Uh, th- there's something wrong with this performance. <laughs> it's rotten. <laughs> it's it's quite it's quite rotten. Uh there's there's a clear good job here, and it's it's uh Jeff Fahey. Uh he's he's the man. He's so good in this. Uh I mean well, so good in this caveat asterisk, it's the lawnmower man. <laughs> uh, but he's, he really is because uh, the plot of of the lawnmower man the original lawnmower man is uh you, you remember uh, uh tropic thunder simple jack what if simple jack conquered the internet and well it's just flowers for Eldrina, like exactly yeah, it's, it's pretty <laughs> much he that, doesn't yeah. re- uh, revert i suppose yeah but the internet yeah exactly yeah. he does he doesn't really revert uh but you know he's he's handsome he's fucking just ripped shredded absolutely shredded and I don't know, like, it, he just becomes more comfortable with his body the smarter he gets, but also, like, he gets more and more shredded. Uh, as, as you do when, when your uh, IQ gets higher, apparently that's when you start combing your hair. And he's got this uh, amazing, like, Rex Manning mane. Uh, but it, it, it's, it's weird because, yeah, it's, it really is just flowers for Algernon plus, like, the... Uh, the vr tech cyber uh sexy stuff that was popular in the day uh and somehow steven spielberg did not like this movie or not steven spielberg why am i (laughs) i just watched i I literally just watched the fablemans i'm sorry uh for some reason stephen king didn't like this movie and i can't imagine why because uh, it was supposed to be based on a stephen king short story and it is a very short story and uh, it, it really, other than having a man who mows lawns, really not a lot in common here with the the film The Lawnmower Man. So Stephen King had to sue, I think, it three times to get his name <laughs> probably worth from it for him marketing. Yeah, which is crazy. Uh, well, but it's not like his story is some great fucking shakes. Like honestly, this I could see the screenplay for this like being better than the the Stephen King short well, story. There you know, I mean, what, what happened was I mean, and this is, was one of my early early film memories was that like around this, the time I, I by the time I saw Lawnmower Man, I had read the Stephen King short story, and you know, it was in a book of Stephen King things. It's like fourteen pages long, and literally the entire story is a man shows up to mow a woman's lawn. And he has like a big pushing, like push on lawnmower, but actually goes on its own. And he strips naked in her backyard and he just basically gets down on all fours and follows the lawnmower and eats the grass as it shoots out of the lawnmower. And he has green pubic hair and it runs over a mole and the mole gets shredded and its entrails shoot out the back and he eats that too. And that, I think that's literally the entire story. That's, it's like, what if a weird man with green pubes ate grass in your backyard that's yeah there's some nonsense about uh pan and there's also i, I think maybe he kills the 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 narrator at the it end may, I, maybe I so remember. i don't i don't recall but yeah certainly there's like a to pan or the green man the the british like folk legend character there's some you could definitely point some overtures it's not a very nuanced little piece but um so i guess new line got it but new line acquired the rights to the short story i can't they must have got in a bundle because no one's paying the rights for fucking no the, the, <laughs> the, the film rights to a 14 page story they probably just bought grass. the rights to uh like night shift or yeah. whatever right. you know that's what yeah so so they got the rights to that and then they got the also got the rights to a movie 
that was nothing like that. That was about that was the lawnmower man, and they just they slapped. I'm pretty sure they just slapped the two together. They realized was why would you make a movie of the lawnmower man? Let's just make the man in this other movie have a lawnmower in the most tenuous connection imaginable, and we'll just yeah, say it's a Stephen crass King movie. Fucking Bob Shea bullshit. If I've ever fucking seen it, my god! <laughs> like, th- like, why the fuck is does anyone ever say lawnmower man during the course of this movie? That is not what anyone is called at any point ever. Yeah, it's Gardner, just like grounds keeper i yeah guy who mows the lawn i've never heard in my day-to-day someone referred to as a lawnmower man <laughs> no no uh, it's also interesting because you know uh, uh pierce brosnan who gives a pretty solid performance all things considered uh it, th- this movie has significant issues and, and this kind of carries over into the sequels where uh it's difficult to have any concept of like time, right? You know, like how much is elapsing and, and, and where we are. And it, there's no sense of time and space in either of these movies or cyberspace for that matter. And so w- what ends up happening is the lawnmower man, he's, he's like going through all these treatments or whatever to have his, his brain capacity increase, but it's not set up in like a montage way where you're like seeing large passages of time the way that the movie plays out, the way that it's structured, it just makes it seem like the lawnmower man's there mowing the lawn like every single fucking day, basically. <laughs> it's very... It, it, it's really weird. It, it doesn't There's a do lot the in this movie that's really favors. weird. Like, you can see uh, the strained edits, even in, like... I think Jack and I both watched the the longer director's cut. Um, Which is a mistake. You don't need to do that. It is 40 minutes longer. And the the theatrical is already an hour and 50 minutes long, which seems like plenty for covering this particular topic. Yeah, I think that the the main appeal of the director's cut is this this big monkey church shootout at the beginning that I think is largely cut in the the uh, theatrical. Yeah, you you still get the monkey stuff, but the monkey stuff is it's it's definitely cut back. Uh, the, yeah, the escape the, scene is like way shorter. Like why, why is this movie structured this way? As far as like the characters, like, like Pierce Brosnan has this girlfriend or wife who is like, just hates his guts and is barely in the fucking movie at all. And his love interest is in, and it's an entirely separate person, a neighbor who has a child <laughs> and, yeah. It's just, it's confounding. Like, why the fuck didn't they just give Pierce Brosnan a wife and child who he cared about? Like, what what's the point of this other character? Yeah, and, and I guess the, the point of the girlfriend or wife or whatever, we're not sure, is it, it doesn't do anything to either, you know, enhance his character and, and make him really say, oh, we're, he's a good guy. No, it's supposed to be like, oh, no, he's he's disheveled and falling apart and he's obsessed with his work and he doesn't know what to do. But like we see that he's in a bathrobe, like drinking whiskey and blasting cigs in his basement. And yeah. she just shows up as like, I'm leaving. You're a mess. Like, well, visibly, yes, he is. <laughs> like, uh, and, and then yes. what, what else does he do? Oh, he wakes up in the middle of the night and just starts blasting cigs in bed, which is fucking cool. Yeah, no, you see, uh, you, you know. run into a problem that disheveled Pierce Brosnan. And frankly, I think we we well, we would all be fine with looking like disheveled Pierce Brosnan. Maybe oh, it's oh, difficult yeah. to tell, God. you know, the yeah. man roughs up He's, really well. I And, you know, I, I know people when they think of like sexy Brosnan roles, they, they frequently think of his run as James Bond. But let me fucking tell you this is maximum sexy Brosnan, okay? He's smart, he's got a little scruff, 
His hair, it's not like super long, like that fucked up Desert Island movie that he was in or whatever, but it's not super like James Bond short. It's just like this medium length. And, uh, and then, yeah, he's, he's fucking ripped and he's just smoking all the time and mostly in places where you're not supposed to smoke. And that's cool. And that's sexy. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, respect to Brosnan. For I'm, sure. I'm not going to call him checked out in this movie. I think his performance is is what it needs to be. Uh, but mm-hmm. it is it is kind of amusing. You can you can almost like feel him desperately sitting by the phone waiting for the the broccoli's to give him a ring again because it's it's just, <laughs> there's literally a scene in this movie where he's sitting in a bathrobe, fucking uh, he's just huffing down a cigarette. And he says, because all of his solo scenes are like this dictation shit, and he says, this is the low point of my career. You you really feel it when he says it. It's remarkable, (laughs) yeah. It's uh, the verite approach. Uh, Yeah, I mean, the the movie is, is... Interesting, and I mean, it's it's right around that that cusp of time when like Hollywood grew increasingly interested. Like that, the mid nineties, we had like what we had this, we had the net, we had John Mnemonic. Um, there were a couple of other ones too. Hackers was that mid nineties, probably. Um, mm-hmm. you know that, that that kind of were coming up. It was like the Hollywood had caught wind of cyberspace and the internet, and they weren't quite sure what to do about it. And the Lawnmower Man, I think, is a little earlier than some of them. It's it's kind of on the early part of the turn before you know it kind of like became into like by ninety eight we had like Enemy of the State that became all about like electronic surveillance and was a much more grounded depiction, you know. And the net was somewhere in between where. It was yeah. semi-grounded, but also the whole internet fit on a floppy disk, or what, and they had to keep it away from people or something. I don't remember. I haven't seen the net in a while. But um, you know, th- there are interesting elements to this film in terms of its idea of, you know, kind of different identities online versus offline, and even perception filtering between them. I think there's something kind of interesting as, as cyberscape space escapes into the real world with really primitive computer graphics that actually I think hold up really well to a degree because they are so mm-hmm. primitive that they you know they're a statement in and of themselves uh, kind of in a way that you know kind of I don't know like that that in Spawn it, it kind of almost has a similar thing where it's just like it's so blatantly like curious in an implementation like it's so not seemingly ready for film work that it kind of like stands up better than kind of that awful like post 2000s period where cg was being used everywhere and it gotten pretty good but not that like it wasn't photorealistic but it, it kind of was like cheap yeah. enough everyone was using it and it all just could look kind of shit um this looks it doesn't look shit it looks like something completely different it looks like primitive cave art digital like a trapper style. keepers right you know it's it's, it's yeah, wild yeah and so like there's these interesting things in it that you know it doesn't really know what to do with i think and it's like you know just like two or three years down the line we get like perfect blue as like maybe maybe the ultimate film about online and residing there and having your identity just torn to shreds uh, and like just a psychic break coming from it. Uh, Longmore Man's like in between all the other stuff, there are these like glimpses of kind of ideas that are interesting looking back on it. Um, you know, imagining that most people who tuned in to watch this movie 
probably never been on the internet at this point. Probably, you know, probably not even like when was this? Was this 93, 90? Like I think it was mm-hmm. 93. 92. So, or 92. So I mean, like this is even prior to like those shitty little GeoCity sites. You know, this is prior to Space mm-hmm. Jam and its little site, you know? So it, it, it's, it's interesting on that level. And I thought it would be, I was kind of hoping it would be more interesting, but there is an awful lot of filler and there's an awful lot of, kind of generic-y stuff that doesn't it it can't really fixate on anything so i but mm-hmm. i will say it looks great it's a great looking movie yeah. and it reminds me i mean i was looking at the the i can't remember the director russell something or other or something or other russell i can't remember but like he went on shoot fucking titanic and brett avatar leonard. oh is it yeah, well brett yeah oh, brett but, leonard directed it but uh cinematographer oh, was, you're talking is it uh, kurt russell or not kurt russell he's someone else he's very famous <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, you know, great looking Russell movie. Russell Carpenter. Jack. Russell, Russell Carpenter. Carpenter. You see, I knew it was another director's name was stuck in there somewhere, you know? But um, <laughs> like it, this reminds me of how every, like, as much as I didn't know at the time, like, every movie in the 90s, no matter how shitty, looks better than every movie now, with a few rare exceptions. Mm. Uh, you know, just the general look of digital cinema has created just really boring looking films. Uh, in my in my personal opinion, there are exceptions, absolutely. But like all these movies, like in for the '90s, and this is no exception, have like just they're they're going for something. There's lots of interplay of light and shadow and depth of field and all kinds of stuff. It's a great looking movie, uh, even when mm-hmm. half of it is Jeff Fahey's evil now because literally it's pretty much they just held a torch under his chin. Uh, that's like how you know he's gone bad. Uh, you know, there, there's there's good stuff in here. I shouldn't have watched the director's cut. I wouldn't recommend anyone do that. It does look like they just had a bunch of extra footage finished and they just stuck it back in. It doesn't do anything. Mm-hmm. It just delays everything in a, in a film that I reckon beanders already. But, you know, there's some good yeah. stuff here. I, I don't hate The Lawnmower Man. I think it's it's a pretty... You know, it's not as good as you'd want it to be, but I think it definitely has an interesting time capsule quality. The Lawnmower oh, Man sure, 2, sure. I hate... Well, that's, yeah. that's a bad L- movie. Lawnmower Man, I've I've softened on it. Uh, I, I first yeah. saw it, got, I mean, I, I caught bits of it on television when I was a kid, and then I think I probably, Myros, we probably watched it again when we were in college, and then oh, I, sure. I logged it on Letterboxd in 2017, and I don't know why, because it wasn't for this podcast, so I'm not sure why I would do that, uh, but I, I subjected myself to that and uh, hated it, hated it. Uh, I think I gave it one star, and then I watched it again. I'm like, you know what? It's still kind of shit, but it's better than one star. And <laughs> it's, especially when you contextualize it with, you know, The Lawnmower Man 2, and you're like, well, comparatively, it's a goddamn masterpiece. Uh, right. But yeah, it, it does. It, it looks cool. Like, it's it's shot well, uh, makes you appreciate the era before just kind of dry, flat, lifeless digital cinematography. And... <clears throat> Uh, yeah, the the stuff that when I first watched this movie probably seemed just like uh, just ugly and, and gaudy. Uh, a lot of the, the CGI effects that they use, uh, whether it's the goofy like computer bumblebee hornet things or uh, when the lawnmower man blasts a bunch of like guys with guns into magic eye poster squiggle balls. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't know what's going on here, but. Uh, it, it it's fun because <laughs> it's just not like if you were to have someone make a movie now with like our, our vast expansive knowledge of like what the internet is and, and what the, the potential for it is, it would not 
look like this. These would not be the choices that would even be considered for a minute. But this is a really fun period. This like, uh, you know, early '90s into the mid '90s before the internet had any real structure to it, and it was it really was it was it was something that was for fucking nerds, and it wasn't something that everyone used and just constantly every day for every imaginable task. Uh, so there was a lot of, you know, what 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 are the possibilities of a connected digital world, and then how do we turn that into like dystopian nightmare? And the the funny thing here is, as is often the case, uh, none of these dystopian nightmares really nail what the internet has become because uh, it, it never becomes the best thing or the worst thing in terms of possibility. It's always going to become the dumbest thing. And that's what it is now. It's just fucking stupid. Uh, yeah. and it, Lawnmower Man 2 is even funnier in this regard because uh, the, the plot of Lawnmower Man 2, which we'll talk more about, is impenetrable i could not tell you what the movie is largely about but one of the things is is there's this big uh you know scary corporation and their whole plan is like yeah what if we got everybody to go on the internet and then we took all their personal information and used it as research it's like that's just called the internet now like that's not an evil plot <laughs> that's just what it is like <laughs> it's so fucking stupid uh, but yeah, I mean, the, the movie looks great. Like I said, Lawnmower Man 1 looks great. It, it kind of reminds me of, if, if you want to get an idea of this, uh, it, it looks sort of like uh, the like Atari Jaguars uh, means of creating 3D spaces. So go watch a video of the game Cyber Morph if you want an idea of what Lawnmower Man looks like on screen. And uh, yeah, it, for better and for worse. I think the opening, though, with the like the first person... Uh, cyber chimp kind of like uh, POV shootout so yeah it, that shit's fun it's fun and I wish I wish the movie could could have played a little, around a little bit more with that stuff but uh, yeah I don't know it's got its fucking moments that's for sure I kind of like the the effects and everything like it, it reminds me very much of like Tron in uh, in that if you look at it now you're like boy this looks like complete shit but it also looks like nothing else. Like, and there's obviously a great deal of effort that went into like crafting this stuff. And it, it looks insanely dated. And, but, but again, it's, it's just, it's a path that CGI did not ever travel down. Really. It, it was such a brief window where they're like, Oh, this is what we're going to use digital effects for. And yeah. the result is some bizarre fucking mutation of, <laughs> of, the likes of which it was never followed up on and it just kind of died on the vine and it again you will see similar things in the original tron where you're like what the fuck were they even trying to do with this but man it looks so bizarre and interesting and this is yeah in that same path the the film itself is is less interesting it's like a, a sci-fi ideas movie that really yeah, the never takes the time to explore its ideas it, it reminds me in some ways of like the screenwriter thought he was going to make like a Cronenberg film and instead, you know, Bob Shea bought it and made it kind of a dumb popcorn munching film. And that's fine. It is, uh, again, yeah. Director's cut probably don't watch it, but theatrical. Yeah. I think it's worth your time. I mean, yeah, if nothing I, else, you get to mm -hmm. see those two beefcakes, Fahey and Brosnan, <laughs> chopping it up. Oh, yeah, I think, I think yeah. there's a, you know, like, I think the best, well, what age is the best out of it, I think, is the break, Fahey's breakdown where he starts to, if if we take a somewhat 
more kind of allegorical look at it rather than because the film takes it literal that he essentially he has become so potently powerful uh, that he can manifest the virtual in the real and you have stuff like the full body burn of the awful priest uh, in and and it's like this crazy digital looking thing they they do a digital full body burn but I think there's something there's 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 almost like a, an actual pathos in that that element of that he is so ingrained in his online existence that he can't like when things happen in real life it almost you know this like leaking over of the imagery from one world to another I think there's something interesting in that that I think is you know almost comparable to later on something like Perfect Blue and this idea of like a schisming between you know your online persona and your real life persona and other people's perception of either and both um but yeah it it is really odd that the film itself is much more concerned with like weird arcane shit i mean like it really turns into like lucy the luke basson film about how like you know you've only unlocked like 10 percent of your brain and actually alchemists used to know all of this stuff and it becomes less and less about virtual reality and more about like some weird magicking thing that virtual reality can be used to unlock all the parts of the brain that humans forgot how to use and that's so like so what he's doing isn't really computer stuff at all it's magic at a certain point Uh, that's very confusing and as adam says it's not really built out in a convincing or even comprehensible fashion it just becomes a very good it just becomes bad genius man who you know he wants to kill everyone i really also enjoy the fact that when fahey because fahey becomes a genius he just starts listening to butt rock exclusively (laughs) which is (laughs) like he listens to classical music and he's like sampling different things but then every time he shows up there's just some whittling guitar solo playing in the background so i don't know what's better it always goes back to the good stuff it's uh again as we transition into the second movie because there is quite the transition between the two films is it's impossible to decipher exactly what Fahey's plan is. And that might be because, uh, you know, he's, he's operating on a higher level than us mere mortals, but, yeah, but he's, he's just kind of like, I'm going to jack into the system and then everyone will jack into me. And that that's it. And you're like, what? Yeah. Yeah, it's, 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 basically, it's basically the ending <laughs> of ghost in the shell, except ghost in the shell understood what it was about. Whereas, yeah. so it made sense. Whereas, uh, you know, this, the, the dissolution of the self, whereas uh, in this one, it's his Fahey. Yeah. He's going to become everything, but he's still himself or something. Right, but why are we meant to like, uh, this is the breakdown is that that can be fine. Is an is an idea, this loss of identity, but this, is not how this is presented. This is presented as something terribly dangerous. Like he's going sure. to become, he's it's going a- to become an ethereal network that everyone will plug into. And for some reason, this must be stopped. Like I mean, this it's a plot be- point so incomprehensible that it doesn't, it isn't even picked up in the second part. Because in at the end of Lawnmower Man, he successfully does it. He finds yes. a backdoor and escapes. And then the very opening of Lawnmower Man Two is like, well, he didn't manage it just as well. And it's like, uh, I think he did in the film I just watched. Um, yes, that's kind of the confusing. Whole point. It's got kind of an, a, a cool ending where all the phones ring at once, as he as he prophesied. And it was, uh, yeah, you could go on this. This could be a place to jump off for a sequel. We can see what his plan was. We can see, you know, maybe they didn't have it really concretely figured out when they made the lawnmower man, but it, it leaves you in this sort of open ended place where it, 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 the possibilities are endless for the sequel. You know, what was Job doing? What was his plan? Uh, so we carry on with a sequel, which is a direct sequel. I mean, they even bring back that same shit heel kid from Last Action Hero. 
Uh, and the mm-hmm. lawnmower, man. Yeah. Listen, don't talk, don't talk shit about Austin O'Brien, okay? This <laughs> Austin O'Brien is the most fucking 1993-ass kid ever, okay? <laughs> Last action hero, lawnmower man, and then the movie that I think actually got me, like, like put me on the path to watching the dumb bullshit that we watched today, he was in pre-hysteria. Do you guys know what that is? Never no. seen it. <clears throat> okay, so... We're talking Jurassic Park era, right? Everyone's got dinosaur fever, but Jurassic Park, it's PG-13. You were still allowed to see it when you were a kid because it was Spielberg and it, you found ways around it. But there was this market now for, we need the dinosaur content. And who's going to do it on the cheap? Who's making cheap shit in 1993? Let me tell you who's doing it. Full Moon, okay? The Band Brothers. And they made this movie called Prehysteria. And it's about these little, like, <clears throat> they're like little dinosaurs, like tiny dinosaurs that this kid finds. Of course they're tiny fucking, fucking Charles Band. Shit. Yeah, no, that's just it. It's Puppet Master for kids <laughs> with dinosaurs. And it's just like, oh, geez, I wonder how I got into the shit that I got into when I became a teenager. It's because I rented Prehysteria 7,000 times in 1993, so... Uh, yeah, I don't know. Shout out to Austin O'Brien doing the Lord's work. And yeah. it, this is great because in Lawnmower Man 2, it is a direct sequel, so much so that like they replay the final sequence of, of the science facility blowing up and in a horrible aspect ratio, I'll add. Uh, and then, so you think, okay, it's a direct sequel. But look, no one's back except for the fucking kid. Peter's back. Wonderful. Right. That's what, exactly what so I need. what's the kid up to now that he's got a new dad, Pierce Brosnan, and him and his mom are, you know, they're living out in that nice suburb. Uh what, what oh, yeah. what's he up to? Uh literally three years later. Uh he's homeless. He's a homeless little <laughs> vagabond. This is great too, because it's just like he mentions at one point, he's like, Oh yeah, me and my mom used to live in a house and then she died. It's like, where the fuck was Pierce Brosnan? What happened to him? What uh, happened to anybody? Probably lung cancer. Yeah, all things considered. Also, yeah, that, when that did the world sense. become like a fucking cyberpunk dystopian? Oh, yeah. And, and, <laughs> and this that is another to thing Joel where... becoming the internet? Because that would make sense. But in fact, it did not. <laughs> it did not. No, the world just naturally developed this way. And there's mention in, in the first movie of, you know, VR is important because this technology, this like Ready Player One bullshit is going to be something that everyone is going to use. And... Honestly, thank you, Lawnmower Man. It's true. We all do use this bullshit. Not not VR, but the internet as a thing. And so they they predict that they'll use it and everyone does use it. But it, it's there's no indication as to why it has turned everything into a dystopian hellscape seemingly overnight. Like it went to present day, you know, 90s suburbia into Blade Runner cities and like weird ass max mad max like outskirts <laughs> that's it what's really There's funny no is between. it looks it, it also looks a lot like the future scope of like theodore rex which is also ties in dinosaurs and future dystopia in the 90s. Yes. Uh, there, there's a weird, <laughs> it seems that this whole thing kind of like gathered around somewhere around 1996. Um, and it doesn't really make much sense. But, well, you know, at least I think that movie now, had like the courtesy to have like a text scroll. That, that sure. Yeah. Something I mean, about what the fuck I have a theory on. about this. Okay. <laughs> I think someone told the writer, director, 
what the what the first movie was about in general terms. And then the script was, well, okay, we want this to just pick up from the ending. So they rented it on VHS. They fast forwarded to the last like five, 10 minutes of the movie. They just watched the last 10 minutes of the movie. They're like, great, I'll start writing. There's nothing about this says that that anyone wanted to, in good faith, like engage with the original I, movie I that they were creating a sequel what's to. What's fascinating about Lawnmower Man 2 is that it absolutely watching it feels like a movie of studio notes. Like I, it feels like everything mm-hmm. you can tell what they wanted here. And and Adam, you mentioned, and I think you know, I think it's a really great point uh, in a chat prior to this. You were talking about how New Line who brought out the first movie and the first movie did really good business for them was kind of looking for, uh, you know, they, they were always looking for a new franchise and particularly something like Nightmare on Elm Street was like a big new line franchise. Mm-hmm. This ver- like this really does feel like the kind of like PG-13 Freddy Krueger online movie. And they'd already played around with that in, in part six, I believe. But like, it's basically yeah. like Job is like a wise, cracking, zany. Like, and Matt Froyer play, plays with the original Max Headroom, by the way. Yeah, I mean, obviously people know that. But like, if, you, if for those listening, if you're not seeing that, Max Headroom has become an imp on the, the online space who basically is doing budget Jim Carrey antics throughout. And, like, yeah. and I think that was a note that was given to him. It was like, be like Jim Carrey. Um, like everything in the movie feels like a studio note looking to test the waters for some kind of a franchise about like the the impish online job and maybe kids or adults or whoever that will have to defeat him each time and maybe as the internet gains steam you know it this could be a workable franchise and instead it died on its ass because this is movie is fucking awful it is absolutely like a time it's i don't even know how like it's only like 95 minutes long i think but it feels like it stretches on forever Every scene is meaningless and yet and goes nowhere. The story, like Steve says, I couldn't even tell you what story It involves a a chip that looks like a little fucking pyramid that has that. And they're looking for Egypt and it's Egypt (laughs) built into it. Yeah. Yeah, It's like it's just nonsense. And they shoot a laser at the chip, of course, is how you do that. Um, Although if you shoot a a laser at an ice cube while swapping out the chip, that's fine, too, apparently, for reasons never explained. Like every single scene seems to exist in isolation of itself. They swapped out Pierce Brosnan for Patrick Bergen. They literally just did a one-to-one Irishman swap, but neither of them are <laughs> Irish, which is remarkable. Oh, and Patrick at least the Bergen's one- Irish accent that he's trying to hide <laughs> in, in this movie is incredible it's, it's so amazing it's so because there's certain points where he just slips into it and then you see him catch himself and then he tries to like over americanize himself it's fucking awesome and he looks like shit he, he really does. does look like like a dolled up Tommy Wiseau. <laughs> yeah, no, it's very funny to be like in the in this after like sleeping with the enemy like in the early nineties was like his big hit and being like the seduct like being so seductive that you know a woman would stay with him even though he's a psychopath. And from here, it's like Lawnmower Man too. It's like any woman just be like, "Nope, you are odd. I am leaving." And and even the woman in the movie that he's supposed to be romantically paired with spends most of the movie going, "Nope, fuck this guy." Uh, it's it's a really yeah. just it, it's just a mess. Like this movie is absolutely a mess. It's got no through line dramatically. It ultimately just turns into like at, towards the end of it, it literally just turns into Job is gonna do something in twelve hours, and there's a big clock counting down. 
down and they just we need to know that someone needs to beat Job in a fist fight in the online space in 12 hours and then everything will be okay and that's the stakes of the movie well even if they yeah. had established that like I, I had no idea what they were trying to do to stop Job they have to well, break the chip, the chip won't stop him the chip can't stop him now but, but I, I, if we punch him and the virtual version of the chip could explode and it's just Jesus Christ uh, also, all the yeah, online I, I, space is just green screen now, which is really shitty. Like, the, the, it advanced mm-hmm. enough that this looks like one of those, you know, point-and-click adventure games from the mid-90s, like Phantasmagoria or Ripper or something, where, like, the background is CG, but it's, like, okay-ish, like, sta- stationary CG images, like, nothing moves. And then they just green screened all the actors in, which looks a lot less interesting than the full-on CG assault of 1993's Lawnmower Man. So we lose out even on that in here. Well, at least the aspect ratios are interesting. <laughs> <laughs> when I first started up with Tubi, I was like, is this broken? It's the, the film opens, I think it's supposed to open in like a 4-3. The flashbacks of the first movie are like in a 4-3, like full frame. But for some reason, I don't know if this is because Tubi just scanned an old non-anamorphic disc or whatever, probably. Um, but yeah, it, it starts off in a 4-3 framed into a widescreen mat. So it's like just tiny square in the center of your screen with little snippets of the lawnmower man playing out. And you're like, is it all going to be like this? Because I don't need to be on this podcast. But uh, it <laughs> fixes itself later on. I wondered like, if they were trying to do like a RoboCop thing. Like, oh, we're seeing oh. it through this weird like monitor in his head or something but no not i don't know what the fuck it was and then it proceeds to like transition into like fucking ultra widescreen which (laughs) again this is a piece of shit movie designed to be on vhs we don't need to shoot it like two three five to one like it's fucking absurd it it, it fucking rules it's it's like okay you know when someone with like a like an android phone sends you a video and you have an iPhone and then the video they send you just looks like like a tiny little pixelated block of shit. So that's the first 10 minutes of the movie. And then, yeah, it just and then all of a sudden it's just like, and now it's Lawrence of Arabia. And you, you have to sure it's when not this shot movie. in that aspect ratio. Like, I'm pretty sure it's just shot no, standard widescreen, like fucking badly cropped into this anamorphic nonsense because it's just like the if it is shot in this, well, they did a pretty poor job of like setting anything up. It's like, we really need this ultra wide shot for like a fucking close-up of two people's faces in a terrible dingy set it's like what the fuck is the it, the choices made on this uh, I mean, basically got, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, uniformly like completely baffling you would have to wonder how many people ever saw it in that aspect ratio when it was actually like a new movie because yeah i mean surely everyone saw this on vhs no one uh, yeah like a vanishingly small number of people even if they had the opportunity would ever have seen lawnmower man 2 in a cinema um this is absolutely straight to video kind of content uh, we also have uh, the incredible theme tune which is an amazing addition which brings us back i think to steve near prehysteria dinosaur madness <laughs> yeah that's right that's right yeah it's oh, like it's it's like, it's like jurassic park but not quite which is interesting because actually the final the closing theme music to the lawnmower man sounds at points quite like the terminator theme uh, but but it mm-hmm. changes things up enough that it's only like a few notes here and there. Like, is this the ter- Terminator theme? And then like veers hard left into something else. And you're like, oh, no, it's OK. This just sounds like like Jurassic Park 
just like like they just moved a couple of notes randomly and then oh, the rest of it is- it's wonderful too because the first time <laughs> you hear the theme the kids are like they're they're fucking jacked into the web and they're just like flying over this uh like this mountainy jungly area yeah. in cyberspace and you know my first thought is like oh this is this is fun it just looks like those you know those establishing shots they always use like oh sweeping uh, you know, beautiful vistas and, and jungle and, and Jurassic Park and all the Jurassic Park sequels. They always have shots like this where it's like, and here's the park. And they just kind of like sweep over this beautiful island. And that's what it was. So I'm thinking that in my head. And then all of a sudden the music kicks in. And it's like, and the mixing on this bold move again it's it's hard to to decipher like what is a a reality of what's like available streaming right now or what is just a fucking technical disaster from the the jump but man the sound mixing like the score does not it's not right it's it's like way in the back it sounds like it's like (laughs) fucking diegetic the whole time i'm like what what is happening with this fucking so movie? It's, it's funny. I actually, I, I turned off my sound system upstairs. Like I started watching this on my computer with headphones. I was like, this, this is weird. I can't do this. It's upsetting me for some reason. So I went upstairs and then I was like, nope, gotta, gotta turn off the old sound bar because it's shooting off some weird shit. I had to watch it just with like my regular TV audio because that was the <laughs> only way to like flatten it out enough so that it was comprehensible. <laughs> Because it was, I, I have like this, I've got like this Atmos soundbar thing, and it was just like shooting all the sound into the fucking ceiling from the soundtrack. And it's just <laughs> weird as shit. Wow, that sounds like Job was, like was, like, was playing <laughs> with your tech. He was. Job was like giving me a headache and like disorienting me with his sound mix. I, I did not enjoy it. Uh, and it's worse with headphones. It's so much worse. Also, before we forget, um, I just yeah. like to point out this also is a movie with a dog who knows how to insert CDs. They have a dog who does fun tricks and hangs out with the kids. That's what we're talking. I mean, yeah. like fundamentally, that's but what this movie is. But he only hangs out for the first half. Yeah, he disappears. He's gone in the second half. There's no use for a dog <laughs> once you've all got a fight on Cyberline. But yeah, I mean, it's it, this is just, it's such a bizarre movie and in terms of its um like just crass commercial points that are stuck in but there's no attempt to make like kids couldn't watch this no one could follow this there's it's stakeless meandering nonsensical mess they throw in a dog who does like like cool dog who knows how to use computers and then they also have like patrick bergen and his like trying to you know get back with his ex which i I can't imagine any kid could possibly give less of a shit about that they also have one woman henchman who's got this ridiculous neo-futuristic hairstyle (laughs) just and she doesn't do much either like no one does anything in this movie except pretty much for job doing his jim carrey shenanigans and patrick bergen looking like he just showed up from a fucking ren fest uh that's that's basically the whole movie yeah it's just like oh, yeah. a series of like blatant <laughs> ripoff scenes it's like the literal fucking like eddie furlong stealing from the atm that's in here <laughs> oh yeah and i mean like, it, the whole thing is a peter pan element which comes of yeah, course from hook. like hook of course is like yeah. the 90s reference to it oh, um, and, and, and i also pull back to like beyond thunderdome just because that's another movie that i reckon a lot of adults went in there expecting an r-rated action movie and didn't get that uh, i imagine there might have been one or two people who rented this who had similar understandable expectations and then saw a dog slam a disc into a drive and realize that they were about to have a very shitty night 
Which which comes to our our most important point is that there, despite Steve's uh, insane ramblings, there is in fact no director's cut of this film. Uh, Farhad <laughs> Man claims he was uh, locked out of the editing process. Well, that that sure doesn't wow. surprise me because this. Uh, is it makes no sense? Well, I'm sure it's he would have made a really good movie if he had been allowed in the editing suite. Uh, yeah, uh, it seems unlikely, but nonetheless, <laughs> uh, if if anyone tells you about some director's cut of One More Man Two, it it does not exist. Uh, and what, uh, I figured it out the the one forty five minute long version that's on YouTube is a trailer. Uh, I, I think it's a just, one minute and forty five yeah. second trailer. Yeah. yeah, no, no, no. There's so not that one. There's there's a there is a longer one, but it's because they took all the extras from the DVD and they just rammed the extras on the end. So you think you're watching a longer cut, but you're just watching like behind the scenes footage of boy. The, yeah, the I'd love to see behind the curtain fucking... on making Lawnmower Man too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and I, I I was thinking about this, and I I figured out like the Job origin thing, like why he's so annoying, and I I think you kind of nailed it, where you're like. Jack, where you're like, oh, he's they like gave him notes to be more like Jim Carrey, but it, I, I realize why he is the way he is in this because he's the he's the dad neighbor on in Hunting I Shrunk the Kids, yeah. Big Russ, and all I could think of every time Joe was talking is there's this scene in Honey I Shrunk the Kids where they're supposed to go fishing and he does this thing where he like like fake casts out a line and then goes like whoa like he's reeling it in and then his buddy's acting like a fish. And that's that's what he's doing this whole movie. He's just doing the fish scene from Honey, I Shrunk for Kids. Well, but, see, that yeah. is oh, it's often been like one of those Internet, uh, you know, movie nerd things of like, oh, Matt Frewer was doing that Jim Carrey shtick long before Jim Carrey was around, you know, but and that's fair. You can see a lot of that in Max Headroom. But uh, this is uh, this is just it's a direct response again to like Batman Forever. Like, yeah, oh, that Riddler do the Riddler. <laughs> Yeah, no, absolutely. Mm -hmm. This is him doing Carrie, like, specifically. And it's, yeah. it's such a step down from, like, the, the whole original movie of his, his, his menace was in large part because he, you know, was turning on a world that he suddenly realized was being very unkind to him as he, his intelligence grew to gain an awareness of that and then this movie he's he's just a goofy dude like it's just and he's got no legs but there's no like his physical trauma that he undergoes they like line him up here it's fine he just sits in a chair all the time and he's just in cyberspace there's no sense of yeah turmoil. same as me yeah right it's <laughs> it just feels there's, there's no struggle here at all it's just a really no. poorly i mean even I, down, I love i love all of this too like the the just the way that they're like, oh, and now he's like this. And and this is a, a common theme throughout Lawnmower Man 2. Like, it's a bad movie in, in every facet imaginable. But it's also one of those movies where you're constantly saying, like, wait, why why is this happening like this? And there is no answer. Okay, that you just you got to, like, let go of that. But in the first Lawnmower Man, there's this cool fucking scene where Job sucks himself into the Internet and and literally it like sucks him out of his body and the only thing left is this like steaming like wet skin suit uh so like job is reduced to a he looks like a fucking like human size used condom it's just mm -hmm. yep. and then we fast forward to lawnmower man 2 and it's just like he survived the event. He's just missing his arms and his legs. It's like, no, those are still there. They're just like wet and gloopy. And now you did like a whole Johnny got his gun thing. What the fuck? And then and then after that, they're just 
he's just fine. Like he's just chilling in a chair. They don't ever show his legs and he's got arms because he's typing and shit. So it's like, I sure, sure. And, and the movie, it's, it's constantly going on like that. We, the end of the movie, they're, they're, they're sword fighting. Why are they sword fighting? What, what I don't, I'm not entirely sure. They just went full masters I, of the universe. I think Hook, the probably, maybe. Hook is, yeah. yeah, that, there you go. Hook is the answer. Um, it, it, just throughout the whole thing, there's, there's this great line in it that I, I really, really love where, uh, it's the only reason this movie is rated PG-13 as far as I can tell. It should be PG otherwise. But uh, Job says, tell me what Egypt means, doctor, before I get really fucking pissed off. And he yells like that. And it's, it's a big like Riddler, Jim Carrey moment for him. And if you want to sum up how the average film goer would react to this movie, that's the answer. Because they're, they're constantly talking about this chip and they're talking about something called Egypt, which isn't the chip, but it's related to the chip. And we were never explicitly told what Egypt is. No, nope. just a thing it's a that dam. stops him. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. where they built the first dam, Steve. Yeah, they have this weird mixed metaphor thing going through where it's basically like the virtual reality is like a flood and Egypt is the dam. It's a failsafe on this chip that is virtual reality chip. Utterly incomprehensible. <laughs> just could yeah, not be fuck, part. What the fuck is it? Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, yeah. Kind of wild. Fuck this fucking movie. That's <laughs> it really, this movie. Honestly, is like I mean, there's like movies that don't quite work, you know. And you're kind of like, it's interesting or whatever. Like this movie is an absolute fucking chore. Like it really just joyless, no interest. Like this just absolutely looks like like a fucking like cash in cheap grab like which is what because uh, you know they spend a lot of money on this uh, according to indb it's like a 15 million dollar budget and i don't know oh, where yeah. that went because they didn't hire like they didn't hire pierce brosnan again they didn't hire jeff Fahey and have him like pay you know a little more because he's like a returning major actor they kept the child and then brought in a bunch of other people you've never heard of uh so i don't know if those background pre-rendered images are somehow costing millions of dollars i de guessing not because a lot of video games at the time did it and they were not that expensive to make i'm pretty sure I don't so know. It's, it's i feel like this movie has sets it just doesn't show, show any uh, maybe, maybe <laughs> so yeah i i mean yeah. it doesn't it seems a little generic to me like, like, it's got, like, the pseudo... I mean, it does have, like, the big cityscape shots that are kind of, like, like street-level mm -hmm. demolition man thing where they have, like, a couple of, like, goofy little cars driving around that look kind of semi-futuristic and a couple of stalls and, like... You know, it's like it's like Blade Runner, but with urban sprawl. It's, like, more... Everyone has lots of space somehow. Like, not everyone's on top of each other because we couldn't afford that many things to put on the set. But, you know, it looks a little bit like that. Um, I guess they spent the money somehow, but, like, the, the film itself has it doesn't sh like it's incredible to watch a movie that showcases literally none of its assets like somehow manages to like take more time than you would think to not manage to focus on anything it's it's quite a quite the magic trick if frankly yeah, yeah i mean you 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 want to sell me on this being like oh farhan man was involved with like uh early max headroom stuff and he wants to work with brewer and kind of give him this big star vehicle uh, we're gonna make Matt Frewer the new Freddy Krueger. I'd be like, yeah, that sounds great. No, God, something is rotten here. Something is horribly wrong. <laughs> yeah, but PG it's like, thirteen Freddy Krueger with studio notes. 
Oh my! God. So mm-hmm. many studio like it's just like almost impossible to describe how much this movie just feels like it's ripping off every popular movie at the time and just trying to stitch it together into something that functions and it doesn't. I'd I'd be interesting to hear like some behind the scenes stuff about this because it's it is the I mean Brosnan would have told him the to fuck right off if they'd have asked him <laughs> to come back for this, but but uh, Fahey is interesting to me because it's not like Fahey is went on to superstardom he's always been a, a very working actor you know but he's prolific he's got a, a long career but uh it, it sure seems like if oh we've got an increased budget for a lawnmower man sequel do you want to come back then he'd say yes but again the whole farhad man matt Frewer connection thing makes me think like they probably didn't ask him <laughs> and why no i don't think they asked him because yeah. Fahey, if you look at his his imdb it is very clear that he has never said no to a role. Right. And yeah. God bless him for it. Yeah. And I mean, and he's, he's been, uh, he's been great in a lot of bad things and great in a lot of good things. And he just, he just doesn't say no. He just does his thing and good for him. Uh, he's also, I mean, he's great for the role, especially what they tried to turn the lawnmower man into or what it seems like they're trying to turn him into, which is more like heightened comical character because if you look again, look at his IMDb. What was Jeff Fahey doing throughout most of the '90s? And he switched over and was doing a shitload of uh, of like VO work too, I think. And so it's like he could he could do this. He was probably the bad guy in every childhood cartoon you watch. Yeah, I, I guess maybe so, the issue is he's not funny, fun like he's not like caricature funny. And I think I think that was I, like this feels very much like they they had an eye towards like Lawnmower Man Five, you know, and it's that trickster is back in cyberspace again, you know. And I I think I think they had an idea that Matt Frewer is probably always going to be available and always cost less. And you know, kind of amp it up. It, it feel it just feels very much like like they were pursuing a kind of like comedy wise cracking guy who would grow with the internet, you know, and eventually be like you'd order a pizza through the internet. But what if Job came into your phone through the the line and messed up your kitchen? Like it feels like Cat in the Hat, Lawnmower Man crossover could easily have happened especially based on what this movie is it looks like they would have fucking tried anything to turn a buck yeah also before before the ov faithful uh show up at my house with pitchforks and and torches uh i i I do have to say it was uh matt matt frewer was doing the vo stuff he was doing a lot of just regular tv work but if you look at his roles they were all like hey play the biggest character possible in this small right. movie well yeah he was in so, he was in the dark man sequel the same year this came out yeah. and you know he's just he's always been working but to, again it just points to me like a fundamental misunderstanding of like how you create an iconic character from from uh bob shea in the 90s because it's like this could have been like you know you take fahey's energy fahey's not like a, a super serious guy you, you look at when he had kind of a comeback with lost and uh you know working in grindhouse and stuff like that he is funny but it's like a wry humor and he's yeah. got like a real intensity to him and that could be fantastic and different from freddy krueger <laughs> as opposed to just trying to do the same exact fucking thing that had already like burned itself out by this point <laughs> yeah that's uh that's a real piece of shit. And I, I, I like to, when we watch something like this, like I think you can watch the original Lawnmower Man if you watch the non-director's cut. 
And there's, there's something to get out of that. You know, there's, there's some, especially if you're interested in this early era of um, just, just nineties interpretation of the internet and the possibilities and the, and the dangers and the culture around that and all that stuff. It's, it's worth a watch. Maybe uh, lawnmower man too. I cannot think of a single reason to recommend it. Although there is one like supreme fucking sicko lawnmower man two fan. I think you, you sent us like a screenshot of the review, Jack, but it was just like borrows liberally from the empire strikes back, but it's better. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> empire strikes back and blade runner, but it's better than both, which is yeah, a fucking amazing. insane thing to believe. No one, no serious person would ever believe that. And you could hate both those movies and you still could not possibly believe lawnmower man two is a superior film. Um, no. Yeah, no. Unless he's he's actually some imp who's escaped from cyberspace trying to trick us all. Who? Do, I mean, that could be mm-hmm. uh, Lawnmower Man Seven. Job messes with online reviews. He like review bombs movies. You know, they could they could have done that. I could see the future down the line. You know, that maybe that's what these movies should have become. Is like. They, they should have become like super quick turnaround movies that react to like like South Park, but just for internet humor. You know that they could have done that. I feel like Frewer would probably be available for that and just do you know. And so like Lady Lady it just Ghostbusters. Be better to use Max Headroom for such a I, I mean, sure you could, whatever. But you know, I'm just saying. I think this is what the executives had in mind was you know like, hey, this could go on forever because the internet's really gonna become popular. You know, where honestly, if they wanted to go that way, it would have been like. Uh, frankly should be like you know you can make one where it's like job is taking on like a child porn cartel or something because that's mostly what the early internet was as well as envisioned by camera what was that that documentary about that comedian who took it upon himself to rid the internet of child porn because apparently in the early aol chat room days it was just rife with people openly trading that stuff which is absolutely wild to me but Apparently that was a thing. That was like the second they had access that like people in different parts of the country could like talk to each other without leaving their house. That's what they decided to do, <laughs> which is darker than anything in either of these movies. So cool. Yeah. yeah. Great. Well, great. I suppose if this episode provided anything, it was it was a great rabbit hole. Now, that if, I feel like it's produced like uh, seven future podcast ideas. So. <laughs> Yeah, that's 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 the real takeaway from all this, right? It's like we've <laughs> it's gonna be Cyber Month in March. Yeah, we're gonna have some cyber business. We're gonna have some Jeff Fahey business. Uh, what was that you were pitching oh. earlier, Jack? I I don't remember. I pitched so much stuff, and you guys need to tell me to stop. I don't know. We're well, we going to tape a half hour, and uh, you'll hear Jack uh, pitching something that he wants to do. I don't remember what it was, but it's in the episode. <laughs> there you go. There you go. All right, well, let's wrap this thing up. So, Myros, what are you putting over this week? Uh, I haven't watched much anything new, but uh, we were covering Cronenberg last week in, in my uh, horror studies class, and uh, yeah, I, it felt very appropriate considering the Lawnmower Man is kind of trying to do a similar thing. So if you want to watch some like real ideas horror that, that works... Uh, one that we revisited was, uh, The Brood, which to me, every time I see it, I'm more and more impressed by it. It's, uh, it's just taught and it's filled to the brim with fucking allegory and ideas and it just, yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. Watch The Brood. All right. Jack, what are you putting over this week? 
uh, I'm going to put over a Korean movie called The Killer, which has nothing to do with John Woo movie. Sometimes it's also called The Killer, A Girl Who Deserves to Die, um, which is a goofy title, but apparently it's from the graphic novel it's based on. But anyway, it's it's a really fun action movie. It's basically like a John Wick-style movie, except that Korea's been making John Wick-style movies for longer than Keanu Reeves has. So really, it's just a modern Korean action movie, and it's about a man who has to... He's, he's charged with minding, minding a teenage girl for a weekend, and literally the first night she's targeted by international sex traffickers, you know, as happens. But it, it's, happens, fine. Yeah. It's, it's fine, because he's actually a psych psychotic hitman and what's really funny about the movie is it really just underplays first the ludicrousness of just an instant makeshift sex trafficking gang decide that this is the only girl on the planet of earth that they want to capture coupled with the fact that as bad as they are uh, our hero is easily a much worse human being he's absolutely fucking deranged uh, it's a really fun movie great action sequences very very funny but underplays it all so yeah the killer uh, check it out. I'm not sure where it's available other than illicit sources online. Uh, I'm sure it's, it's going to come out somewhere eventually. Um, so yeah, ch- check it out. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun. All right. Well, this week uh, I'm going to put over a movie called BioZombie, and that's because Vinegar Syndrome sent me a copy, and uh, now all I do is I just let them dictate my watching habits because the, the stuff just comes in the mail and, you, just, you know, it's easier that way. Uh, Biozombie is Dawn of the Dead reimagined in, like, the mode of a, of a Japanese late 90s absurdist comedy. Uh, it, it's funny. The action's good. The gore is great. Uh, it's, it's actually got some heart behind it, which you believe that. And it's not the kind of... A zombie comedy that would kind of rise to prominence in, in the coming decade of, of, you know, very, very self-aware, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Uh, it's actually funny. There's jokes. There's punchlines. Imagine that. And uh, it's directed by Wilson Yip, who would go on to make a bunch of really well-respected films and have quite the career. So, uh, yeah, looks fucking great. Well-directed, fun, uh, briskly paced. Got everything you need. I think Myros hates it. Uh, another reason to love it. So. Uh, yeah, BioZombie. Well, Watch like that 20 one. year old no. Myros hates it. I can't speak to its quality. <laughs> <now>. <laughs> That's true. I hated That's it true. 15 years ago. I mean, he hated it back when he had mm-hmm. dreams and hopes. But once you get rid of those, your tastes change. Exactly. We've all learned that. That's that's one thing you can learn from this podcast. Uh, but yeah, hey, if you enjoyed the podcast today, if you enjoy 80 for Brady, if you enjoy uh, Lawnmower Man, if you enjoy getting beyond cyberspace, if you're a veteran of Job's War, do us a favor and click on the link that's in the description of the episode you're listening to, and that will take you to our Patreon. And why would you want to go to our Patreon? Why? So you can give us money, of course. What a fun thing for you to do, because that would really help us out. Podcasting is expensive. We've got fine tastes here. Uh, I, I keep getting Myros bottles of like $40 champagne and he demands the $80 champagne. And what am I going to do? I don't got money for that. So uh, yeah, if you can donate any amount of money at all towards, you know, helping us with our hosting fees and all the other things that come with podcasting, then I will send you, if you live in the continental United States, a movie from my personal collection, a DVD, a Blu-ray, a Laserdisc, a VHS tape, who the fuck knows? But you're going to get something in the mail. And uh, I'll, I'll try and package it nicely so it doesn't get smashed. Uh, so yeah, any amount of money, you get a free present. 
if anything, give us a couple bucks just so you can get a free present. That sounds cool, right? I mean, it's, it's practically a free movie at that point, uh, what you consider shipping. Now, if you want to help us out at a higher level, you're dedicated. If you're one of the Optimism Vaccine fa faithful, you're part of that fucking beefcake army, you want to see some Jeff Fahey shirtless more, you want that in your life, and you want us to bring it to you, great. You can donate the $5 level. Uh, that lets you vote on upcoming content. And just like with any level, you also get access to a huge back catalog of written and recorded Optimism Vaccine content. Uh, and as an added bonus, you get your name read out on the air if you're $5 or above. So who are our five and above club members, Adam Myros? Uh, we have Hoovy Hoof, CWW, Evan, Ryan, Dustin, and Paula. God bless them all. And if you do want to donate at an even higher level, there's a $25 tier, and you can make that a, a reoccurring thing or just a one-time thing. Uh, but if you donate 25 bucks, you get to dictate an episode. You get to pick it. It could be anything you want. You name it, we'll watch it. And uh, because you're kind and generous people who are better than any of us, you've, you've actually made good choices so far. But uh, if you want to really upset anyone on the podcast, you, we're, we're open to that as well. Specifically things that Adam Myros doesn't like. You want to watch Biozombie, assuming he will hate it still? Uh, that'd be great. I'd love to watch it again. So, yeah, just, just some options out there for you. Now, if you have any questions, comments, death threats, marriage proposals, you can email us at optimismvaccine at gmail.com or you can tweet at us at optimismvaccine. Adam Myros always standing by waiting to hear from you. Uh, he, loves, he loves corresponding with the people so uh, hit him up and he'll be hitting refresh on that inbox. Uh, gentlemen, thank you for going beyond cyberspace with me today. Uh, there's, there's no one I would rather have a cyber experience with in the whole world than the two of you. I thought you were going to say thank you for your service in Job's War. I mean, well, that, that's a given. Do you think, okay, so do you think you could earn a purple heart in Job's War? Hmm. A cyber heart? I don't know. <laughs> it's a good one. Let's, let's end on that great little quip there, Myros. A cyber heart?